Matthew Thomas, this is super cool radio. We've got a very crowded screen, first ever five person interview here at Super Cool Radio. So let me introduce you, my guest at this time. We have Envision, a really awesome model rock band, and the members of Envision joining me at this time. We got Phil on bass, Nate on drums, Chase on guitar and backup vocals, and Alex on vocals and keyboards. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. No hey, problem. Thank you for having us. Yeah, no problem, man. So I'm going to kick this interview off with a fun question, see how you guys uh, react to this. Uh, if you could only pick one album everyone should listen to in their lifetime, what would it be? The Silver Screen Deluxe Edition by Ice Nine Kills. I love that album. And I love <laughs> that they're you. coming out with a new album, too, very soon. Yeah, man. Hit yep. to be squared is, is, is my jam right now. Dude, love Ice Nine uh, Kills. I've, only, I've seen them once, and like it was just insane. I'm, well, I, I uh, me and Nate are going to go see them in October. Nice. That's a weird show. For me, November. November. Screening on fire. November 15th. That's a good one. Yeah. That is a good one. Wait, what about uh, you? The new, the new Love and Death album, Perfectly Preserved. That is such a good album. I've been listening to it on repeat. I'm not familiar with them. I'll check that out. It's uh, Brian Head Welsh from Horn. Their guitarist oh. is his band. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're really, really good. That's cool. Well, cool. check them out. I like Corn. So, I mean, is it kind of is what's kind of the style of that? Uh, it's oh man, it's it's completely different than Corn. It's it's more of a modern rock because it's got uh the bassist is the uh, one of the guitarists from Breaking Benjamin. Uh, I think his name is Jason. I can't remember his last name, but anyways, he's he's like the bassist. Uh, drummer. I don't I don't know if he's in another previous band or anything. But Jr. Uh, is an Islander. And he's also been touring around with uh, GFM lately, doing like guitar tech and like kind of helping with stage and stuff like that with them. But he's like a secondary vocalist in the band, and and it is it is such a phenomenal album. But yeah, Love and Death, uh, perfectly preserved is the album. I'm gonna have to check that out. All right, and Alex, my man, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm gonna throw back a little bit and say uh, they're only chasing safety by Underworld. Those are all really good picks and actually some music I haven't listened to, so I'm going to have to check that out. But, uh, yeah, those are all very good picks. Uh, also, you guys have been uh, very busy. Uh, as, I, as I said, I'm talking with InVision. You guys played in Zaggy Fest on July 3rd. I know you guys had a show the day before this interview as well. So how does it feel to be playing live shows? It was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Um, we, yeah. It's cathartic. <laughs> Chase actually played his first show of us last night. Yep. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. That was a that was a great time. Wow. All right. Uh. So okay, I gotta I gotta change that. Packed house. Yes. <laughs> so how was the show last night? Where were you guys? Uh, we were at the uh, Juke Joint in Ocean Springs, and we played for uh Dirty Thirty Fest. It was with uh, Ignite the Fire, Estrogen Embers, um, Kingdom Collapse, Ventress. From uh, Ventures from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and Silent Trust is another local band. Yeah, I'm familiar with a lot of those bands. Actually, I'm seeing Kingdom Collapse next month, actually, so I'm very excited for that. Uh, they're pretty, they're really cool. But uh, so, how do you guys? Uh, what can people expect from an Envision show if they have not seen you guys? Okay. Energy, energy. Yeah, <laughs> lots of Alex right. just blurring across the stage. Let's just say that a lot of. A lot of energy, a lot of uh, a little bit of goofiness, some dancing. You know, Alex has some killer moves that he likes to like see. <laughs> you know, yeah. lots of flipping. Alex flipping a lot. So uh, <laughs> apparently, swinging uh, mics around uh, Phil's neck. You know, um, yeah. I have, I have heard about that. What What's some like the wildest moments you guys that, that's happening? You guys on stage. <laughs> uh, I mean, right? Oh, uh, I I say probably the, honestly, it's not super wild, but the coolest moment is uh, actually our first show. And back then, it was just uh, me, Nate, and Kevin who can't be with here us with here tonight. He's uh, driving. Uh, we were in Oklahoma, and uh, my my son was there as well in the audience. In the middle of our set, he actually ran up on stage, and um, so I got to like hold my son like. On, on stage at one of my shows, and that was probably definitely top five coolest moments of my life. Dude, yes. So before, in, in my previous band, uh, we played a show in Ocean Springs, our, our first and only show in Ocean Springs, by the way, because we got kicked out that night. Um, <laughs> we, we, we were very theatric. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Nate knows. Um, and, uh, my because I I was the guitar player at the time, so my singer came out with a giant paper mache uh, penis strapped onto his that had a hose hooked to it, and there was a whole pump full of blood backstage. And oh, while my. our uh, the person who controlled our lights was pumping the blood, and so he was just squirting blood out of his, you know, all over the place, and we got kicked out because the the, the owner did not appreciate his uh, floor being covered in water and food coloring. So that was a, a pretty funny moment. I'd, yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. Neither was I. I was, no one ever does. <laughs> no one ever does. <laughs> it was least entertaining, at least sounds like it. Yeah, it was entertaining. To, yeah. To put it simply, okay, I, I don't know about doing well, but it was entertaining. It was fun. I had interviewed with one guy, and uh, he was part of a band, and like they would like after their set, they would like hit each other with like pie pans, like pizza pie pans, you know, because it would make the noise but not really hurt. And like all of, like the owners in the club, like the owners and the managers always thought they were, like actually hated each other. It was like the drummer and the guitarist were like after the set just hit each other with stuff, and like the, everyone was, like no, don't don't get mad at you guys. You just finished a great set, so. <laughs> 
drama. <laughs> I think one of my favorite moments that we had was uh it was it was actually before we switched up and and I bought some uh some new Fox Solution boards, we was at a show over in uh Slidell, Louisiana and we ended up setting off the fire alarms with our folks. In the middle of the set, we were sitting there and I saw these lights start flashing. I was like, what, what is going on? And then it, all of a sudden it's like, bah, bah, bah. and I'm like, oh, and they're like, yeah, you kind of just set off the fire alarms. Yeah. The owners were cool about it. The, the guy said he kept on like running back and forth because there was like the alarm and the silencer and like the thing to make sure that the fire department didn't come were on different sides of the building and he had to keep on running back and forth. <laughs> He was like, it's no, fine. Yeah, it, was, it was a good show. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> See him right it's okay, guys. I just don't want to call the fire department. Yeah, right, I'm yeah, over here. yeah. You know, if, you, if the fire department comes for a false alarm, it's like $100 or $200 charge. So yeah. I can't be about it either. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's like uh, getting a late fee at a library. It's like, you know, like, sure, it's not that bad of a fee, but. You know, do you really have to pay it? It is true. I mean, I, I pay taxes, so I mean, I don't have to have library fees, right? I don't have to pay those. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, that's, that's a good point to bring up. <laughs> not get into uh, politics. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said I say I do too. I, I, I don't get into politics either. <laughs> Nate, your internet sucks. Yeah, yeah. I know. Hey, y'all, y'all are y'all skipping around too. A very cool thing I want to talk about because I, I work with uh, James Cripps of Blind Anxiety Entertainment. So earlier this year, you guys were involved in Anxiety Fest. How yeah. was it? It looked like a lot of fun. It's the first oh, time yeah. I went up on stage with them. I went up on there for one song, Showstopper. But watching them live was, was really was really cool. It was, it was fun to see because it, it was my first time I saw them live as well. So seeing how energetic Alex was, it was it was cool because I, I knew me and him would work well together on stage because we were both very energetic individuals on stage. So it was right. fun on on stage, and then I guess like because we're so well, I'm so lively on stage, and then I get off stage, and that's when like my like a little bit of social anxiety comes in. So it's like I'm just quiet as heck before we get on stage, and then I'm. I'm like a maniac on stage and then I get off and I'm like super quiet again. And like, people are like, you guys did amazing. And I'm like, uh, th th thank, thank you. I, I really, I really appreciate you coming out. You know, you're thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I feel you on that. I, I sometimes do the same thing when I MC. like, I'm like all energetic and stuff. And I get off stage. It's like, hi, thanks for coming. Nice to, nice to meet you. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, there, there definitely is. It's like an under talked about thing that you know, like, like we we are performers and like people, you know, uh, especially like at my job and stuff because I'm a restaurant manager. You know, I'm like you wouldn't recognize me outside of work, and you know, people are like, well, you're so energetic on stage and things like that. I'm like, yeah, like I don't know who that is. He looks exactly like me, but that's not that's not me. That's like some other guy that just takes over me when the music starts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for sure. I know that, that that's with a lot of performers. Like you see them on stage. Like I know, like metal performers. You see them on stage, and they look like really mean and stuff. But then, like you get them off, like off the stage, they're like super nice and friendly to talk to. It's kind, it, it's kind of funny, just the different dude, personas you have. Dude, Earth groans. Uh, they were on tour with O Sleeper 
before COVID, right? Whenever Oh Sleeper came back. And Earth Groans, first off, the lead singer has this like handlebar mustache and it's just amazing. And, but he was on stage and he just, he looked like he was a freaking gladiator. He was just, and, and then like I talked to him afterwards and was like, hey man, how's it going? You know, I'm really glad you guys came out. Thanks for, uh, thanks for supporting us. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was in a deathcore band one time and our singer was like that. He like, he, on stage, he, he was like, oh, uh, um, uh, animal man. And then like, as soon as we get done, he's like, people like, that was awesome. You're like, thanks, thanks for coming out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's the biggest sweetheart ever, but on stage, it's like that dude will rip your throat out. <laughs> yeah. It's just funny, just the the way people act on stage, like performing and like act outside of it or like at their job or real life and stuff. Like it just, it's very funny, uh, just the way people are. Yeah, for sure. But definitely look very cool. I saw the photos in the Broken Hearts Club of uh, you guys at Anxiety Fest. Looked like a lot of fun. James is a really awesome guy. He puts on some killer shows and tours and stuff. I really like working with him. So it's cool they actually had like a whole Anxiety Fest for Blind Anxiety. Oh, same man. Like he's like he's done nothing but like go above and beyond for us, man. Like he he's 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 so awesome to work for or work with. I'm sorry, not for but work with. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. James really, uh, you know, we we've come a long way in the last year, and James definitely helped with that. But you know, uh, he kind of took a risk on us. You know, at the time we that he brought us on board, we only had two singles out. Uh, we hadn't really toured. We hadn't really played shows. I mean, we'd only been a band for three months. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he just, I guess, liked us as people and the passion that we had. And, and I had told, like, I had been doing Envision for three and a half years at this point. Um, and then I brought the other guys on with me. And I guess he was just like, well, you know, we'll try it and see how it goes. We'll do six months and then, Come January, uh, he had been working with us for a little bit, getting ready for the tours to start. And, uh, he was like, he was like, you know, I think this is, uh, I think this is something that we want to continue. And we've been working really well together since then. I think we just hit a year with him. Yeah. He, he's really cool. He's got a, like, the whole Blind Anxiety roster is just, like, I've worked with many of them, and they're just, like, so cool people to work with. And they just put out, like, killer music. He doesn't, like, you know, he's mostly in the rock genre, but also he's got the metal stuff too. Like, it's it's really cool. Like, just um, just uh, blind anxiety and what James is doing for for sure. Yeah, man. Like, he's, he's got he's got like, but that's the thing about blind anxiety and stuff, man. I mean, it's not like the same <laughs> rock bands that you go see every you know Saturday, uh, Friday or Saturday. Like, everybody on the blind anxiety group, even being rock and metal. It's, it's a, it's a diversity, like, and that's, that's one thing that a lot of rosters don't do. A lot of them, you know, they'll put people on like their, their entertainments or something like that and like entertainment rosters and they'll just be like one particular band that basically everybody's almost like a carbon copy of, you know, and then you've got people that's like Blonde Anxiety that's just like, you know what? We're gonna have we're gonna have guys like Envision, but then we're also gonna have like the Almas and Wild Street and you know, those groups. Yeah, the regimes. Yeah, the regimes. Exactly. Like everybody's got their own thing going on. Yeah, the regimes are awesome. I just I started listening to them because I started working with James, and like they're really awesome. Like they really are. Oh, they're they're fun people to tour with too. Oh, yeah. Like we yes. have a blast. 
And uh, Aaron loves Oreos. So yes. if you uh, ever meet or go see them in concert, make sure you bring a huge pack of Oreos for Aaron. She will love that. <laughs> like the hugest fan of Oreos. No, uh, she uh, she she actually hates them. And I was gonna, I was trying to decipher if that was a joke. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We stashed we, it all over the stage for him. Uh, we we like we like stuck our one of our stickers on a pack of Oreos, stuck it inside their merch box, and you know just like. <laughs> <laughs> so with us, a little surprise. Yeah, we like to have fun. Yes, nothing nothing but a good time. For sure. Sorry. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if you were joking or not. I finally picked up on that. That's why I wasn't saying anything right away. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, I like how uh, Nate uh, said the Almas of Wall Street. I, I recently interviewed them within like the past couple weeks. So I, it's funny you mentioned both of them. Yeah, man. I wasn't saying the Almas. They came down. I think they were uh, Bourbon House. Yeah, the Bourbon House. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So they came down like a little, a little while back, and like they. they Every one of them. Like, I stood there for the longest time and talked to Josh, their guitarist, and they were just such cool people. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Josh the other day, and uh, he, the first thing he was like, hey, he's like, Envision, almost? I'm like, yeah. I was like, if we can meet somewhere in the middle, maybe. I was like, or, you know, what, whatever we can try to do. I was like, or if you guys ever met, try to make it back down to Mississippi or anywhere in the, uh, the area, I was like, just let us know. I was like, and we'll be there. And then Wild Street, they did, uh, they were the, uh, I guess you'd say, like the secondary acts for the uh, Summer Throwdown this year because it was kind of like how we did with, uh, with the show last night. Like, there was so many bands outside, and then it was them and another band was on the inside, and there was kind of like the after hours type, like little, I guess say like, like after hour party, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, they they played. We went. Me and Alex went and met them and stuff. Really cool guys. Yeah, they're really cool. I've seen them uh, twice now, and I've interviewed uh, them, uh, interviewed the full band once, and uh, Eric once, and uh, yeah, they're really awesome. They're on tour with the Rumors right now, which I wish I could have saw them, but I was the same day they're in Chicago. I was interviewing the Almonds in my home home city, so I was like, oh, I wish I could be at two places right now. I really wish. <laughs> All right, so uh, folks, and you guys, I'm chatting with Envision right now. So uh, before Envision, how did you guys get started as musicians? Uh, it was just kind of my blood. Like I, I have, I have a family member that got me started playing drums, and then he he went off and became a rock star, and uh, and that's pretty much how I started. I was like, you know, when I was a kid, I was just like, I want to be like him, and then I just kind of grew into my own and started learning my own type of styles and stuff. I mean, I played rock bands, deathcore, metalcore, emo, punk rock type bands and stuff. So. Tried a little bit of every genre, but that that's how I got started. I said, like I said, watched my cousin uh, when I was a kid, and I was like, I want to be a drummer. So that's why I, that's why I started playing drum. <laughs> nice. I just remember like flipping through Netflix when I was while you're driving. I, <laughs> no, uh, I was like thirteen. No, I, I was about twelve, and uh, I saw I like, Corn's yes, setup. I saw Corn's uh, live DVD. One of their live DVDs was on Netflix, and I watched it, and I was really blown away by their performance. And I, I was like, "That's what I want to do." And then later on down the road, I heard MCR, My Chemical Romance, and then I picked up the guitar and, and learned Na Na Na, and then it just went from there. And then 
other bands came into play and I kept watching them live. And then since then I was like, that's what I want to do. And then I would try and write terrible ripoffs of their songs and call it my own and try and start little cover bands in school and stuff. And now here we are. Right on. Phil, what about you? I know you haven't, you haven't talked about too much during this interview. So what about you, Phil? I just play bass. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was whenever he got the Tarzan out. <laughs> it's fire. It is fire. But, uh, I was, so, I don't know. I was like 11 or 12 back in Japan, you know, military brat. I remember playing my first video game it was in Mortal Kombat. Actually, not my first, but, but uh, leading, okay, back to it. Playing Mortal Kombat and I've never seen any music video, uh, for Edema. And I was like, whoa, I really like how that sounded. I mean, of course, there's other music stuff. You used to listen to Word Out. I mean, still do, regardless. But it, honestly, from that moment on, I was like, man, I like where it sounds. I wanted to, you know, get some stuff going. So by that summer, I saved up some money because, you know, being overseas. So when I went off base, I bought my first guitar for like 80, 200 yen because it was a pawn shop. I stopped to this day. But I mean, just working for that money, uh, saving by that first instrument would really push me. In. I don't know for years and meet and Nate and finally get this series, so. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Oh, yeah, now, one man left, Alice, what about you? Uh, so, I guess you could say, like, Nate is kind of in my blood. Um, I've been watching my dad playing bands most of my life. Um, he, uh, he was in a pretty big rock band down here when I was growing up. Um, and they had, I, I think they just played their like last show he had been out for a while they had just played their last show like a few years back um now he's in pennsylvania and they play like music fest and uh they play for like nascar events and stuff like that like they're like americana rockabilly kind of style and um he's been doing that with them for a couple years so i guess i guess you could say it's in my blood um and I was starting to like, you know, write little melodies and songs and stuff like that when I was like five or six. We'd be like coming, home, going home from church, and I'd just be like, start singing stuff. Um, and then it really kind of hit me when I was in middle school, and that's really when I got into like Under Oath and The Devil Wears Prada and, uh, um, well, Tag Tag wasn't out yet. It was like right before they came out, and there was just like all this stuff going on in the scene. Um, back then there was like this church that was about 45 minutes away that they held metal festivals like once a month. And I'm talking like, uh, I saw a plea for purging there right after they got signed by face down records. Um, a band called like with blood comes cleansing, which is like this metal, like super, super, super deathcore Christian band. <laughs> I, I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. When it came to that kind of music, my favorite band was Impending Doom. Impending Doom was like that straight up death core. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of where I, I kind of started. I had a band in high school. We did pretty well. Actually, the piano on my wall behind me is the piano that I played in high school with my band. Uh, it broke down, so I just got with a friend of mine who's an artist, and we painted it and took out all the components and stuff. But yeah, it's just, over the years... Uh, in my blood, watching it, music's kind of just always been a part of me. It's all very cool. I do like the uh, the church holding uh, death metal uh, festivals. That's uh, <laughs> it was a thing. It was a thing. Yeah, it's it sounds funny to say in that like church death metal in a sentence. 
Right. Yeah. It was a uh, Christ Corps, I think is what they call it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If I had some around that where I where I live, I'd definitely I would definitely check it out. Oh yeah, the, the, the cool thing was, I mean, you didn't even have to go to that, those churches. You didn't even have to really, you really didn't even have to be like in church to go to a lot of that stuff. They, they just welcomed everyone. Yeah. yeah. They were you see Christians flip a table with whips and stuff. So I'm just like, you know, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just Jesus flip tables too, you know. <laughs> That's, That's right. For the money changers. That's mm. true. You know, take no sass. <laughs> That's right. For sure. That's why we have death metal churches. Exactly. <laughs> Evolution. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> That's right. Man, I got to go to one of those, man. I really do. Uh, I know this is on my script, but I, I got a cool question for you guys. So, for uh, any advice for anyone. Uh, looking to start playing your respected instrument. Passion. Just stick to it and don't give up. Doesn't matter how hard it seems to be or, or how, if you can't find anybody, then just use a loop pedal if you, if you have the ability to use it or just record it. Use a backtrack. Just do everything you can and don't give up. Cause if, if you have that drive and you have that ambition, then at some point, if you don't go to them, they'll come to you. Great. Promote your technique. You don't have to copy somebody else. Just learn from others. Watch, observe, uh, lead yourself, have some support, and just keep going. Like you said, it all just takes drive and passion. I agree. Just go for it. I like that. I like that a lot. Nate, what about you? Ah, uh, man, I tell you what. When people say, you know, I've always wanted to learn how to play drums. I always follow up with, uh, it's a lot easier than it looks, or a lot. I'm sorry, a lot harder than it looks. Um, but I've come to realize too that most drummers are ADHD, so it, it is, it is, it does help because like, you know, like, I have my moments, but for the most part, like, I'm, I'm a lot more calm because it's kind of, it's almost like a release or a release, yeah, a release, I'm sorry. It's like a stress release. So like, go and beat the hell out of drums and, you know, you feel a lot better afterwards. <laughs> but no, it's just practice, man. Practice, drive, and just don't give up. If, you, if it's something you really want to do and something you really want to pursue, go for it. All or nothing. I like that. I really do. I was, I was at a show last night. Uh, I saw Shallow Side and um, the opening band. Uh, he was really going hard on the drums. He actually broke his uh, bass drum. So like they played an impromptu. Uh, it was just a guitarist. He just played an impromptu song, and he fixed it, and he, was, he returned uh, you only miss one song. I was like, that is awesome. That's rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alex, what about you? Um, speaking of Nate, you should probably get some like spare bass drum heads for tours in case something like that happens on the road. If I haven't done it by now. I don't, I don't know. If I, <laughs> I got a backup some... snare now just, just for that reason. Yeah. Well, he gets one his drums hours. hours. So. <laughs> I, I would say the biggest piece of advice I could give for a vocalist, um, and really just any instrument player is get some freaking lessons. Like if, um, Haley Williams has a vocal coach, who the hell do you think you are that you don't need one? You know, like, um, there's so many people and I've talked to people that didn't 
you know, they weren't quite at the level that I was. And they looked up to me at different points in my uh, music career. And they were like, you know, asking me how to get better. And I was like, get a teacher. And they're like, oh, no, that's dumb. No, it's not. Like, I, I, I'm actually vocally trained in spirituals, um, which is, you know, like this, uh, swing sweet like that is my vocal training. Um, and so that helps me with like my runs and things like that. I also have like a four octave range. Um, and even like a lot of people don't, well, the people around here do, but people that, you know, don't know about Envision. Uh, from this area wouldn't know that a year ago I couldn't really scream. Um, and so the producer that we have now, if you notice, if you start with like she said and showstopper and go forward, the screaming gets less like yelling and more like screaming because while we have been working on these songs and going to the studio, I have been developing uh, my harsher vocals with the coaching from our producer, um, which is Zach Kiel. The flower shop. He's in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, um, and absolutely incredible producer and coach, and um, has taught a lot of artists out there to scream correctly. Um, and so, I guess like the biggest piece of advice that I could give, wrapping all that up, is don't have an ego and never feel like you've made it. You can always be better. There's always someone better than you are. So instead of getting upset about it, learn from those people and push to be a better version of yourself and of your instrument every single day. Yeah, I really like that, especially like, you know, as you said, with like Haley Williams has a vocal coach. Like, I mean, you can always improve yourself. Like you don't stop like learning you know, you, any kind of instrument. Uh, I think that's, it's really good advice. Uh, and that also applies to life too. Like never stop learning about what your, you know, what your career you're in or where you are. You can always, uh, learn something new. Brandon Yuri's the same way. Uh, when Panic at the Disco first started, he was tone deaf and look at him now. Like he, he's, he's a prime example that you can only get better if you use the tools that's given to you. Like, like having a vocal coach, doing your warm ups. You know, whatever it may be, like, like he, he himself is a prime example of you can get better, but you just got to apply yourself. Well, you know, he has high hopes for a living, so. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got you a dad joke today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with that out of the way now, moving on. Uh, so how did Envision come together as a band and how did you choose the name? Um, so to back up to this, I said that I had, a um, I said I had a band in high school and uh, I was really close to those guys and, uh, you know, we were actually getting management offers and people trying to work with us back then. And then, um, one of the guys in the band that came on, he was probably the third or fourth member change version of the band, which was nothing short of everything. Uh, his name was Caleb, and uh, he was 16 years old. And he actually, uh, while we were a band, he um, died of an aneurysm. Um, and uh, I got a tattoo for him on my shoulder. Is He was a soccer player. Number five was his number. 
And that hit me really, really hard. And I swore I'd never do a band again. Um, you know, cause it was like losing a brother, a best friend. Um, his, I don't talk to the family as much anymore, but anytime I see them, you know, the, his mom still says I'm her son, you know, uh, and it was, it was difficult. Uh, so when I started having that itch to perform again, I kind of started actually, um, doing rap because, uh, we were in a punk band, but we always made fun of Caleb because he listened to rap and hip hop. So we made fun of him. And then, um, about two months after after his death, I wrote my first rap. And, uh, when I became, started doing artists again, about five years later, uh, I, I kind of went into that realm and was doing like rap, hip hop, EDM, rock. It was like all of my influences from my entire life trying to blend them into a single song. And as you would expect, all right, it, it didn't go over very well. Uh, and I tried that really, really hard for about three and a half years. And uh, that's when I met Nate. And uh, I was actually opening for his band at the time, him and Phil, the band that they were in. And I just kept on looking back at Nate's drum set with my backing tracks. And I was like, man, I really wish I had a drummer right now. <laughs> and and he, reached, he reached out to me like two weeks later and was like, you still need a drummer? And so like originally he was just going to be the drummer for me in Vision. But his passion just kind of spearheaded with mine and uh, kind of made me realize like I needed to step down and stop being in Vision and be a part of Envision. Um, so that's kind of how the band started. It was, you know, Nate and then, um, Kevin joined with the She Said video. Phil joined right before we released Perception. And then, you know, that we just added Chase. We also had a guy named Austin, um, who started with the She Said video and it was the four of us. And he was actually like our, I guess, DJ. And he would like help us with our tracks and stuff like that and do them live. Um, and he set back to focus on his own. He's actually an EDM producer. Goes by Max. It's M A X K E D. Um, so it's X instead of S. And he's he's phenomenal in his own right. Um, that was the band. And Vision came from, you know, I was I was going through a lot in my life at the time, and um, I didn't even see music as a possibility. I was actually performing just for fun under a different name. I met a guy named Lex. Um, who really believed in me a lot and thought I had something to offer and was like, Hey, you know, I can help develop you to get you to a point where you're playing these bigger stages, which I did. Even as a solo artist, I played the Republic in New Orleans, the House of Blues. Like I did amazing things. Um, but it was like Envision was started by, I can't see it now, but I can't envision what's going to happen in the future. I can look ahead and see where this is going to go. I can envision it. And so that's kind of where that name came from. Very cool. I really like the, the whole story about it and uh, the kind of where you started, where you came from about uh, starting and everything. So I think it, it's a very, very cool story. Not many modern rock bands out there today started as a rapper. <laughs> I, I mean, Machine Gun I don't Gun even Kelly? think Linkin Park started that way. Nah, Mike Shinoda has always been there, though. <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're Machine Gun Kelly. From one uh, to another. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think Machine Gun Kelly is cool because he's bringing a light back into the rock realm. But I don't know if he'll ever get, like, you know, 
Like, if they announced Warp Tour was back and Machine Gun Kelly was the headliner, like, I'm not so sure it would sell out. You know, like, he's, no. he's so, I think, respected in his own right. But I, and I respect what he's doing as far as, like, bringing attention to punk rock and rock music. But I don't know if I'd give him credit as far as, like, being a rock artist, if that makes sense. I still like yeah. Eminem, though. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I, I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Playing shady all the way. That's right. Uh, no, I feel, I feel, I mean, it, it's, it's nice that he's at least doing some pop punk stuff. I think that's, uh, it's nice to at least, uh, cause I don't, kind of went away for a little bit, but I'm glad it's actually kind of getting revived more, uh, that, uh, other artists are doing it. But at the same time, I mean, he took a few prom- promo picks with a guitar. I mean, that makes you a rock star, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For and sure, it's pink. Sure. So, you know. Yeah, it's pink too, yeah. For sure. Alright, but focused on some rock stars I'm chatting with right now. Um, you guys I've heard are working on a new single. Is that true? And can you give us any hints on it? Who told you that? <laughs> uh, the guy next to you. Yeah, so, um, uh, there, there is new music in the works. Um, I don't know when it will be released at this time. Uh, we actually, we actually are working on a second song right now, you know, um, but kind of, uh, where we're at now is, you know, a lot of people have heard about the end, but then there's so much more people that haven't. And so we, we really want to focus, uh, focus on putting that drive towards the end uh because it's such a great song it's so powerful um it's life is far from over and we don't want to take away attention from that um so we do have new music and um if you're in broken hearts club you might hear some of like little snippets and tidbits of that from time to time we're not going to release it on our public platforms that's for our hardcore fan base bhc um and uh, live shows, you know, that is the two places that you can hear the new things that we're working on. Um, you know, and we provide Broken Hearts Club for the people that, like Matt James, who's one of our biggest fans, who just happens to live in the UK. Uh, you know, he can't necessarily make it to a show, but he can be a part of this group and be close to us. He has the first Envision shirt on the Eastern Hemisphere. So, um, Pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, we try to do things in there for them. Um, the new single is going to be, uh, good whenever it comes. And, uh, we might send you a preview of it. Uh, but the end is really where our focus is at right now. Yeah. That's, that's the one that we're, <laughs> cause I mean, you know, like even whenever we do this, uh, this, uh, this next little bit of a run that we're, we're going to be announcing here soon. Um, you know, we're trying to get it out to the new ears and people that haven't heard it, or if they have heard it, you know, they, they haven't seen it live. So we want to make sure that, you know, everybody's getting a chance to hear it. And then, you know, as soon as they kind of think that, oh, well, you know, when's the next one going to come out? Bam, it's right there. In your face. But the big, two big takeaways is seeing Vision live, because I heard they're awesome. And I think I have four other people to say that they are awesome live. And uh, two, check out the Broken Hearts Club on Facebook as well, because it's pretty cool. There's some uh, cool stuff that goes on there that I can't divulge right now because it's a club. And you don't talk about it. Right. 
Hey, what's the number one rule about Fight Club? <laughs> yes. Don't talk about Fight Club. You just broke it. <laughs> That's right. But uh, a great lead-in, as I was going to bring up the end, because I really like the music video for it. It's very powerful, all of the everything that went on in the video. So how was it filming it, and what's the message in the end? Uh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is why I'm the host of the show. This is why I get paid to do <laughs> I mean, I could have went with a Linkin Park lead up to that. It doesn't even really matter, you know. I was thinking about that. I'm glad me and yeah. you think think a lot alike. Maybe. Yeah, I thought that you on the nose though. And no, it was, uh, it was there. The it, was, it was hanging on the edge. The video shoot was a lot of fun. We we had a blast. <laughs> like you know, uh, got up there. Was up there how long? First day, putting all that stuff up. About eight hours, we set up the set and built it, and then we filmed for about uh, eight to ten hours the next day. So it was it was a lot of fun though. It was it's definitely to date it's it's I think it's all of our favorite like video that we've done so far, and it's it but it's it's because it's because it's coming into a new light. Like this is the new. I don't, I would I, I would just say this is the 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 newer version of Envision that you're, you know, to be expected as in the next coming year or two now. Yeah. It's just going to get crazier and heavier from here. I love the sound of that. I really do. The one thing I'd look out for on set, though, is trying not to spook the two. I mean, I kept doing that a lot because I was staying in character the whole time. <laughs> I think I got you in the corner of one of my entrance because you didn't see me standing there. <laughs> yeah, so... um <laughs> so the the demons or dark figures or whatever you want to call it figures, that, yeah. in the video, it was Nate. He was the the guy with the very visual mask, and the two dark figures was Phil and Kevin. And um, Phil is just so quiet in general. As you notice, you know, he just stays quiet until he says, "I slapped at the face." Uh, <laughs> So he was dressed in all black with his black mask, and we were filming in a dark corridor of this this local theater, which support local arts. Um, It's uh, downtown stage productions. They offered uh, their their entire you know it was in between productions. They did Little Women, and then they were getting ready to do a couple other things, and so they just um, let us use their blank stage to film in. So we were backstage, which you know is dark to begin with, and there's a lot of shadows going on. It was for the the chase scene that that was in the end of the video, and I felt like something was next to me, and I didn't know what it was. And then <laughs> I just I my eyes adjusted to the light, and there's just this dark, tall, like almost six foot figure, which was Phil, next to me, and I, I legitimately scared Asian the hell out of man. Me. <laughs> I, was, I was following him for about 15 to 20 minutes straight he didn't say a word <laughs> I didn't know he was there <laughs> I was at your back the whole time and I had to add the dramatic if you notice like after I needed the guy uh, the knife I had, to, I had to do the Michael Myers tail, uh, head tilt it was just it was, a, it was my nod to Michael Myers me being a huge horror movie fan that I am like you know and that's and the funny thing was, um, my sisters was at, uh, talking to my mom and they were like, they were like, I wonder who those guys were that was dressed up. And there was like, mom's like, well, the one with the really creepy mask on was your brother. And they was like, wait, what? My sisters had no idea that that was me. 
very well done. I actually, I didn't know you guys were actually the figures in it too. I I didn't know that either. So getting back to the the, yeah, the point of the question. So yeah. um, <laughs> and why are we getting off topic? Having fun here. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so the the video, we haven't actually talked about this, and um, I will be, you know, actually making a video explaining it, because I, I actually wrote the script for it, and um, got to step out of my bounds a little bit, and out of my comfort zone, and actually took over and directed the whole thing. Uh, you know, so we had the filmographer, but I was directing scene by scene with my notes. Anytime that I wasn't on camera, I was, like, scrolling through my phone, making sure that I had everything checked. Uh, which was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, but basically, um, you know, it, the end in and of itself is a song about the struggle to, to let go of the things that we know are, are holding us down, um, you know, from being what we can be. And it's almost like this toxic relationship with, uh, whatever that harmful thing is in your life, you know, whether it's, it's drugs or it's money or gambling or, or a relationship or, or even maybe for some people, their parents, you know, um, or anything, you know, it's that struggle to, to break out because you're so used to the comfort that you're afraid of what better could mean for you. So what, the end was is there was like this whole storyline we use drugs in the music video because when everyone relates to being addicted to something you know is hurting you that is the easiest way to get that picture across so we had uh it's actually a local rapper um who averages of like a million views a month i mean this guy's awesome but he wanted to break out into something new which is acting uh, Trap Terrell, he did an amazing job, uh, but he was our, our addict who was struggling with heroin. Um, and so that was really a metaphor for whatever that dark thing is inside of you that you, you want to let go, but don't quite know how. Um, and so the entire video was like a glimpse into a mind where there's this darkness going on, but then you have this dancer is kind of like, the lighter side of things, um, you know, to, to kind of contrast between the darkness and the light and that there's a balance and a war going on between the two to see which one is going to have a hold of you in the end. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and, and that's kind of how we showed like at the end of the video, he like snapped into reality and realized that, this was all like an image in his head. None of this really happened, you know, because even he goes back to the original place where he was at and there wasn't any drugs or anything behind him. You know, he just like snapped back and he's like, oh, my God. Wow. And maybe it's like he came to this moment where he realized what he had to do to get past the things that held him back. You know, that's kind of in a nutshell, the vision of envision. <laughs> Yeah, I really like it because, like, just the, the whole message in there. I like the music video for the, the representation. As you said, you have to have a visual representation for, you know, addiction and uh, things that are holding you down and drugs. Is like people see drugs and they can understand what is going on. So I think it's very well produced, very well directed, very nice directing job. And I think it, looked, it just turned out very well and just matched the the music itself as well. I agree. 
I hope so. It works. <laughs> yeah. And it's got it's it's uh we just we just reached over like I think six thousand views so far on it. Yeah, yeah. So I I'm gonna leave a link for the music video in the description. I definitely highly recommend everyone check it out as well as we were kinda talking about it so you can now see it and uh a nice tie into it as well. So I'll leave a link to that in the description of this video. Definitely check it out and get that over over seven thousand. Let's do it. Let's go. Uh, no, no. Let's get that power level over nine thousand. Exactly. Ten thousand. There, I was there we go. About that today, because <laughs> like Eric said earlier, I was at this million. I saw the dad joke book. I was like, get that for Alex later. And then look at the corner. There are hundred and one uh, dad jokes. Oh, please, a little pamphlet. Yeah, I've I've got that one on my car, and then <laughs> Alex showed me that one, and I was so jealous. Like my. My book is only about that thick. He, he, he's coming at me with, with a legit thick, like with two C's kind of thing. Yeah. And it's thick. You got sticker tooth. Yeah. So one of my favorite jokes in this book is, uh, <laughs> did you hear about the orange juice concentrate factory worker that got fired? The, the orange juice factory worker that got fired? Nope. Well, uh, he was trying really hard. But it turns out he just couldn't concentrate. <laughs> nice. Whoa. You're such a dad. <laughs> hey, you see that door behind you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now Envision's looking for a new singer, by the way. Yeah, um, we're holding on. No, Chase. We got Chase. Yeah. I'm good. All right. I'm on secondary vocals for him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Dude, Chase sounds like so much like me. It's scary. You're welcome. Really? I yeah. can. I can. Uh, that's that's how I've taught myself how to sing. Is I just like if I listen to Motionless and White, I try and sound like Chris. If I'm listening to Lincoln Park, I try and sound like him. So that's how I've just. It's just what I've done. And so with Alex, luckily he's. I I can reach his range pretty easily. It's just easy peasy. That's what everybody was saying last night uh, at the Uh-oh. show. They were like, they were like it's, it's crazy like how much Chase and Alex sound alike. And I was like, yeah, yeah it kind of blew all of our minds whenever they first, we first got into practice and yeah. heard it. We were all like sitting there with his headbanging. We was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not realizing that that was actually Chase singing some of the parts and it wasn't Alex. Yeah. That's, that, that's how I've always thought backup vocals should be. You know, is, is they should be able to match what you're doing. Is I can't tell you how many bands I've watched live where the backup vocals have killed it for me. Yeah. Like, uh, like Bullet from Valentine. Bef- like, I mean, I love their old bassist. He was a good bass player, but his backup vocals, I could not stand. Whenever Jamie came into play with his singing and screaming, that's that perfect. Perfect. So it's, it's always been important to be able to really match what your vocalist is doing. Otherwise, just don't. Just don't. Yep. That's, that's life advice from Chase. Yep. Just don't. Mm-hmm. Just don't. Just don't. Yes. <laughs> you can't do it, no. <laughs> don't. I got, I got two more things to discuss and we're wrapping up this interview for the hour mark. But fun question for you guys. What music have you been listening to this week? A lot of Ice Nine Kills. <laughs> oh, dude, I am with you on that. Yes. Uh, and... Some ska punk too, so like some some uh, real big fish or less or less than Jake. That that's been in the mix a little bit. And Rolling uh, Stones. Ooh, I love Rolling Stones. 
I, I do. Probably, probably make fun of me for this, but Eurovision, especially the line of love, that guy's fire. Oh my god. <laughs> From that all the way to uh, Ailstorm. Listen to Pirate Chord. <laughs> yeah, Ailstorm. Not Ailstorm. Yeah, yeah. all I think about is Jack Sparrow going metal. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I've actually yeah, heard about Someone actually said that in another interview, and I was like, I was like, Hailstorm. I was like, no, 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 no H. And I was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, Hail, look it up. Ale. Have a drink, yeah. <laughs> and Ghost. Ghost, I, I always listen to a lot of Ghost. I, I, I love Ghost. I am actually really excited because one of my favorite artists and the only artist that I have a tattoo for uh <laughs> maybe releasing uh the sequel to one of my favorite projects next week Bobby Tarantino 3 by Logic mm-hmm. oh, nice. I can never get got a lot of respect for Logic yeah look uh you know give a listen yeah uh Bobby Tarantino 2 is probably one of my favorite albums by him it's very like hip hop and trappish um, while being fun and exciting, I used to be a very huge part of the fandom. Um, so like when he came out of retirement and dropped some new stuff, like I'm, I'm all over it. And I just love, you know, there, I don't love like all rap, but I really love like the lyrical artists. Like, uh, Whit Lowry is, uh, one of the most successful independent artists out there right now. And I have a quote of his, uh, for one of my tattoos right there on my sleeve. And it says, uh, the darkest nights make the brightest stars. And it's just like a reminder to me that, you know, um, in the middle of the, actually, Nate was with me when I got this tattoo. Yep. And that was the time when I, actually, I, that's about the time that I wrote the end. Uh, cause it was one of the darkest times in this era of my life where I pretty much every time that, and this is something I don't really talk about very much, but, um, the guys could tell you are, Everyone but Chase could speak to because he wasn't around back then. That if I wasn't at work, I was I was drunk off my ass, or I was uh, I, I was being high and and just or getting crossfaded and, and just that that's what I like had to do to survive the thought of being alive. Um, and that's kind of where that song kind of birthed from, and that's why I got that tattoo as a reminder that. You know, it feels really dark right now, but you know, I'm I'm gonna make it out. Yeah, I I really like that. And, you know, thank you for sharing that. Like, because like music is very powerful, can get you like through a lot, and uh, it's a lot of different stuff. It's a very powerful tool. Yeah, especially watching like live videos. Like I, that's like I watch a lot of of live footage of bands, especially uh, Motionless and Whites. Dead stream they did the second one. I have that downloaded on my phone. I watch that constantly, and, and that stuff like that will give you will give me chills up my back. The hairs on my arm will stand up like nothing else. But music has done, especially watching live footage. Whenever the energy is really intense, you can really feel what he or she is is feeling, and it's nothing like it. At Dude, all. some people might laugh at this, but like um, around the time my parents got divorced, I was going through like a lot of depression and. That was around the time that I discovered Stick Stickly by Attack Attack. And like, I used to listen to that song like 30 times a day because that chorus, like, you never said this would be easy. Um, but, but go on live. And like, that, that line was just like my lifeline and my motto back then. You know, like, much love the guys in Attack Attack, man, because like that, 
them releasing that, especially like at that time, it just really got me through that stage of my life. Shinedown, oh, man. Shine, Shinedown has something like that for me. It was a, uh, it was a song, and uh, I can't remember exactly the name of it, but the line that really stood out to me, which is kind of a motto that I live life by, is uh, you can't kill me with kindness because I don't buy it. And it's because uh, when I was some years back, uh, before I really took a long, hard look in the mirror and said, you know what, I'm just going to not really care anymore what people have to say or think or anything else like that of me. And I just got tired of all the fake friends and <laughs> just fake, the fake fake people that was in my life. So like once once I heard that song and, the, and those lyrics, still to this day, and then uh, the word live also has one. It's uh, for their song Life Cycles. No, not Life Cycles. I'm having brain fart. But anyways, it's, uh, I'd rather die for what I believe than live a life without meaning. And that's another one that I, I really sticks like right there near and dear to my heart also. I really like that. Like how like people have different like music voice and differently have different lyrics and quotes and stuff that they use from like, like uh, different songs and artists and stuff. It's just really awesome. That's how cool like, you know, like music is universal and can uh, bring people together and make you feel emotions. Even if you have, you're not, Seeing them perform, maybe you are, but you can still relate to them and what they're going through. Yeah. And I think it's really cool when. What? Go ahead, Chase. You may go. No. No. After you guys, please. Uh, I, I was just going to say that, you know, um, not only working on a couple of singles, but the end is kind of the first release of what we're working on to be our first uh, full length album. And uh, basically, what we're doing is, you know, all of us as band members have gone through different things in our lives and have different mental illnesses that we struggle with. And, um, like, you know, I, I often, uh, one of my biggest struggles in life is, is bipolar tendencies and having these ups and downs, um, and being super depressed and then being crazy happy for no reason at all. Um, and I, I want to really, like I, she said, and perception are two songs that, I really realized that I have this gift that I can take someone's story and translate it into music. Um, cause you know, neither one of those were my story to tell. Uh, and so I'm talking to the guys and kind of like interviewing and not really interviewing, but more so like hearing their stories. And it's funny cause one song that we, we haven't started recording yet, but, um, me and Phil are working on and on and we were, we were talking about it and I was talking about his life experiences. And so I told him to, I sent him a song that I kind of felt like fit the direction. And then I was like, write down some lyrics. And then I wrote down some lyrics. And when we brought those lyrics together, him and I had both written like line for line, the same thing. It was crazy. Oh. I wrote like three page worth of notes from like, hey, this is part of my life. Like, you know, I'm just going to branch and let you know because we're family. Here you go. Here's just some information. Just work off of that. Yeah. But was it two days later? You sent me the message like, here you go. I was like, okay. And I about cried. I was like, yeah. You hit yeah. Me so this is us. So this album is going to be, you know, all the entire band telling their stories of the things that they've been through in their life to relate to other people and say, Hey, we made it out, you know, and, and we're here and we could have given up and we didn't. And so, you know, we want you to make sure that, Hey, you know, don't give up. Like that's one thing I say at almost every concert, 
is, you know, if, if you came to this concert saying that tonight is going to be the last night I live, then I came into this building to tell you, make it one more day. Choose tomorrow. You know, and, and that's how I've made it through so many dark times in my life, because suicide is something that has often been on my mind um, throughout much of my life. And how I've made it through some of those darkest nights is, uh, hey, you're not going to keep it's not it, 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 it. The thought of living a full life sometimes can be overwhelming. So when I break it down to we're going to make this decision tomorrow and I just like bring my procrastination <laughs> into the into the mix, it's like, you know, hey, we don't have to decide this day. We can talk about this tomorrow. So it's always like we're going to make it to the next day. And then once you get through that, then we're going to make it to the next day. And sometimes that's all you can do is take life a day at a time. And that's what we really want to do is provide hope, understanding that music community where we all go, you know, we, we can listen to the same thing and go, hey, you know what? I, I'm actually not alone. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I really like that, especially like the, the message you guys bring is that choose tomorrow. You can make it through your darkest days. There will be a tomorrow. I really like that. I really like what you guys yeah. are doing. Yeah, for sure, man. I can honestly say that's the only time procrastination is only accepted. And I'm glad it did, too. Really. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It worked out for me. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, until we're very realistic. I mean, we don't sugarcoat stuff. You know? Yeah. We're very, very much realistic. Like, huh, how we feel is exactly what you're going to hear. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Lyrically and a smell. I really like that. So please check out Stream Sport of Life to Envision. Wrapping up this interview, but I do got one more thing before I let you guys go. So how are you guys going to close out the rest of this year? I know you guys been doing very uh, doing a lot of cool shows and releasing some new music. So how are you going to close out 2021? Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have some, a lot of cool things in the works right now. Um, one of which is with, uh, we have a show coming up that we can't talk about yet, but it's with a, uh, a nationally touring artist, um, that we're really excited to announce. Um, and we, uh, actually just signed to a management group out of LA. Um, the Radford Media Group, which is, uh, you know, featuring Jason Radford from One Side Zero. Um, and we're really, really excited to be working with them. We believe that, um, they can help bring us to that next level, uh, and meet some new people that we have not been introduced to yet. Um, very excited about. Oh, yeah. So I, I guess I, I could say that, you know, while I don't have this big, thing that we can really say is going to blast out 2021, um, I can definitely say that you want to stay tuned because there's always something going on in the environment. But wait, there is more. Yeah, always. that's always the thing. Like, even when we're quiet on social media, which isn't very often, um, but when we're quiet, like, the, I promise you there's always something going on behind the scenes. Always. Just envision it. I'm looking forward to everything you guys may or may not be working on. I'm looking forward to those announcements you guys will be making. But uh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where you guys go from here. Thank you. Oh yeah. I think we are too. Sure. Yeah. Very much. I would, so. I would hope so. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something they're playing on too. No. <laughs> Can't stop, won't stop. Uh-huh. That's right. But thank you guys so much for hanging out here, uh, here on Super Cool Radio. Please check out Stream Support if you like to envision. Definitely check them out. Check out the Broken Hearts Club. Also, uh, check out the YouTube video for the end. Again, the link will be in the description for that. For Chase, Phil, Nate, and Alex of Envision, I am Matthew Thomas, and you have been watching Super Cool Radio. Hey. That's super cool. Stay frosty.